This is the Lightning Junkies podcast with your host, Chaz. On this week's episode of the podcast, we have a special Twitter Spaces edition or something. You know, this is Bolt 12 for podcasters slash content creators. This was something that we recorded on August 13th, 2021 on Twitter Spaces. We had Rusty Russell, we had Stefan Lavera, we had Evan Kalutis, we had Jestifer, and we had a couple other guests that jumped up on stage during this event. I thought this was such a informative Twitter space that I thought it required placement on our RSS feed here. It is my hope that by the end of this episode, you have a newfound appreciation for Bolt 12 slash offers. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Before that, a message from your friends at the Lightning Junkies podcast. If you feel like this podcast is a value in your Bitcoin lightning journey, please consider supporting us by listening to us on Breeze Wallet or any of the other value for value apps at newpodcastapps.com. For other ways to support the podcast, please visit lightningjunkies.net forward slash support. There you will find the places to listen to the podcast as well as ways to support us with Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. Help keep this podcast ad-free and support us however you can. Now on with the show. want to go ahead and welcome everyone to this um, event, our Lightning Friday event, Bolt 12 for podcasters and content creators here. Um, my setup is not uh, working with me very well here, um, but it looks like we have everyone. Um, I just want to get Rusty up here um, and we'll be ready to start. Um, while he kind of gets his thing situated here, I'll just introduce everyone and get us all started here. Um, so I'm Chaz. I'm the host of the Lightning Junkies podcast. Um, we have our regular uh, uh, host, Jennifer and uh, Evan Kaludis. And we have some uh, special guests here today. Um, we have uh, Stefan Lavera, known for um, his podcast, obviously. And we have uh, Rusty Russell, who is the uh, brainchild uh, behind offers slash uh, bolt twelve. So great, we have Rusty on stage, and it looks like we lost Evan. But uh, how are you guys all doing today? Good, good. Sorry, it's obscene clock here, so I'm just drinking a coffee while I'm uh, warming up. That's perfectly okay. Right. Doing well, doing well. I'm. Uh, it's uh, three o'clock for me, so timing is good. Uh, no coffee required, but I know Rusty. He recently got that new coffee machine, so uh, hope, hopefully that's working out well. <laughs> it, it's definitely a lifesaver. What is it, uh, espresso, or uh, what do you like to whip up, Rusty? Oh yeah, no, no. This is this is a quality Italian espresso machine. It's uh, it's very shiny, and it's it's on a timer, so it. It wakes up at 5 a.m., so by the time I'm, you know, it's 5.30 now, so it gets, you know, warms up, gives me time to stagger over, uh, make myself a nice cup, and, uh, and and be ready, ready for what's to come. Nice. <laughs> All 
great, perfect. Um, I just wanted to kind of go into our our sponsors here, which are our regular sponsors. We're sponsored by Lightning Junkies, you know, the the best place to get your Lightning Network fix. Um, we're also sponsored by Amboss, the best Lightning Network explorer in the universe, uh, now with communities that you can join. Um, we're also sponsored by Zeus Wallet, the best way to take control of your Lightning Network node um, on the go on your phone. Uh, they they support all of the implementations as far as I'm aware, LND, C Lightning, uh, Eclair, please correct me if I'm wrong on that one, and also other things like LND Hub. So please check that out if you haven't already. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in to our main topic here. Um, uh, Stefan, you recently had an episode with Rusty come out, I believe, this, this Wednesday or maybe last Wednesday. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, you know, both me and Rusty also had the same top, uh, same conversation last year. Um, we had a bit of a more recent conversation more recently, but, um, you know, Bolt 12 slash offers has been getting a lot more, you know, uh, a lot more out there recently. Rusty's been hitting that, uh, really well, getting it out there, you know, having that telegram group, um, and having reviews for the developers and such. But I think it made a lot of sense to have, you know, a podcaster focused, you know, I'm a podcaster, I'm being a little selfish here, but also something that might, you know, appeal to content creators generally, because I think I have this idea of being a sovereign podcaster or a sovereign content creator, where I, I own as much of the stack as possible. And I'm not relying on any third parties as often as possible. So I think to kind of kick us off here, Rusty, uh, would you mind kind of giving us the brief overview? Like, I think everyone generally knows what offers slash Bolt 12 is, but would you mind just kind of going over it really quickly for us just to make sure we're all on the same page? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so uh, offers um, or Bolt 12 is kind of a uh, next layer in and payments. So at the moment we have Bolt 11, right? It's that's the invoice format that we use. You know, get a QR code usually, or you know, uh, I've seen some NFC stuff happening. You know, but either way, you know, your phone gets this thing and it goes, "You want to pay this?" and you say yes, and it pays, right? And that works as far as it goes. But uh, a Bolt 12 invoice is static. Uh, is, sorry, is, is is dynamic. It's only single use, right? So you're supposed to generate one of those for everyone who who may ever want to pay you, right? Um, now uh, Bolt 12. Is a similar can be a very similar experience, you know, scan and go, but it's actually static. So you can have one, um, and what happens underneath the covers is that when you scan it, it goes reaches through the Lightning Network itself, um, and your node mints a fresh invoice for that particular request, and that's what they actually end up paying, right? So that's what we call it an offer because it's kind of like a step before an invoice, right? Um, and it has a very similar flow, but because it has that reach through the network and grab the real invoice, you can do some interesting effects. Like, you know, you can have recurrence, we can have proof of payer, we can have a whole pile of things that we've kind of always wanted. Um, and this this gives us gives it to us. Um, and it's kind of worth noting there's a second flow uh, for offers, which is the kind of ATM, the withdrawal flow, where instead of offering, say, hey, you should send me a request for an invoice, it literally says, you should send me an invoice and I will pay it for you, right? Uh, but the normal case is like the this is kind of equivalent to like the Bolt 11 case where it's literally, hey, 
you know, scan this and you will send me money and I will send you something, whatever it is I'm selling. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And, and, you know, obviously being static, it means, you know, uh, serving it on a web page, uh, putting it on a t-shirt, all those uses are, are up for grabs, right? Is that a fair summary? Absolutely. So yeah, I uh, really appreciate that. Um, and then going along that same line, would you say that, you know, offers is kind of really up the alley of podcasters and content creators generally? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, so, so obviously same way we have bolts 11 today can, can basically, you can decide not to fill in an amount. Um, you can, you know, and, and then the user decides how much they sell, how much they send, right. Uh, the kind of the classic tip jar kind of case, this is also true in, in bolt 12. So you can use it the same way. You can just have the whole, you know, here, here, send me a tip. That's great. Um, but the recurrence is, is, is very much a key, uh, a key thing for content creators, you know, um, most content creators want um, a kind of a reliable recurring income. You know, I think, think Patreon example is, is, is the classic example of where um, they've tried to do this model where, you know, you can, you can at least have some, you know, kind of steady, steady uh, stream. I mean, it's obviously not a binding commitment, but, you know, people have signed up and they, they, you know, once they've given you five bucks a month for three months, you're kind of like, there's a reasonable statistical chance it'll happen for the fourth. Um, and that is a much nicer for a steady income stream. Um, of course, if you're trying to do the Patreon way and using credit cards and everything else, there's a lot of hoops they have to jump through, a lot of infrastructure they have to create. This would be a DIY Patreon, right? It's just a, an offer that says, hey, pay me five bucks a month, right? Um, and obviously that's, you know, that's the dream, right? Uh, you kind of have this, everyone who has a Lightning Wallet um, can have a Patreon. So it's kind of interesting that you mentioned, uh, mentioned Patreon there. Uh, because I was, you know, I've been trying to think through what I would want the stack to look like for myself as far as, you know, let's say I wanted to build out this membership thing where people kind of do these recurring payments or something. But I'm I'm still struggling to understand what what the interface might look like. Um, like my naive sense is I would want almost a Patreon like GUI where, you know, um, someone would go there. You would have all the similar things you would have on Patreon, like, you know, five dollars a month and you get this prize or ten dollars a month and you get this exclusive thing, whatever, what have you. Um how do you, you know, for this is for anyone on the stage here, but how do you feel like this GUI or, you know, this interface to these offers and these recurring payments is going to look like? Because I'm having a hard time really yeah. doing this full sketch on that. Sure. Yeah. Let me uh, jump in here. So I think if you look at, <laughs> so we're not going to get feature parity with patreon.com, right? Just <laughs> like patreon.com has, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people will, but what, if you think about what Patreon has, they've got, as an example, viewer members only content, right? Audio and video. Now I saw, um, Anthony Roney, you recently did that. Um, I see you're in the chat there as well. And you recently did that idea of that, you know, Bitcoin and you kind of did that thing. So I don't know, maybe that is a possible way, but I think maybe, maybe I'm not dreaming big enough. Right. Can we rewind the right there, Stefan? I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, yep. someone who may have not have seen it, what's this Bitcoin thing you're talking about? <laughs> so um, Anthony Roning did a, I guess we'd call it a proof of concept where essentially he uh, showed using um, 
AMP, this idea of actually shooting audio over the Lightning Network. Uh, someone correct me if I'm explaining that wrong, but essentially it was like using the Lightning Network to sort of set up that way of moving the content around. So maybe that's something. And I know the impervious.ai guys are thinking along similar lines. Um, maybe I'm not, to be fair, maybe I'm not explaining that technically in a precise way what happened there. Um, but I guess the, the basic idea is, you know, it kind of goes in this direction of not needing a one server to send out all the material. And in that way, maybe you're less beholden to the YouTube or the Twitter or the Facebook shutting people down because of, you know, for whatever reason, uh, if they don't like what content you're putting out there. But I mean, I guess for me, circling back to answer, I guess, you know, even when I was chatting with Rusty or even Chaz, when I was thinking about what you were suggesting, the way I was thinking of it is it would be like you have a just a mobile wallet and it's got a little tab for your authors section or maybe like recurring. Um, and so you would see, oh, OK, I've got, all, you know, across across, you know, on a monthly basis, I've got you know, $1,000 coming in and I can, I can use that $1,000. Obviously you can spend the $1,000 to fund the podcast or the YouTube or whatever it is you're doing. Um, so that's maybe one way you could think about it. I think it does rely on it being really simple and having been around for a while. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, like that's the thing, people who are on this spaces listening to this spaces are much more inclined to be like really into Bitcoin and lightning, but where it really moves the needle is when people who aren't even in this world are able to use it easily. And for now, if we looked at someone who's outside of this Bitcoin and lightning world, if you look on YouTube and they, they want to take donations, what are they doing? It's taking a static donation address, right? They've just got a Bitcoin on chain address, just like people did back in Bitcoin talk forums in 2011 and 12, they just had a Bitcoin address and they just said, yeah, you can pay me here. Now, obviously, as fees rise and so on, and for smaller amounts, you need lightning. Uh, but we're just kind of, it's not there yet that those people are doing a new uh, address for every payment, as an example. Or because let's say they want to put it in the description box of the YouTube description box, they, they just want to put one address. So obviously with Bolt 12 and offers, it could be like a little string that you put in there and that's your offer. And, you know, maybe it could be like they've set it up you know, the, the likes of, you know, the getumbral.coms of the world or other, you know, Raspberry Blitz and uh, so on, other lightning nodes out there could sort of help you spin this up and be like, hey, here's your offer. Here's your little string. You go and paste that wherever and people can now pay you. But then we also have that UX and UI challenge and the educational challenge of teaching them about incoming capacity, right? Because if you really want to be more self-sovereign, well, then now you've got to also think about, well, do I have incoming capacity? And that's like for a total, like obviously for a Bitcoin lightning person, you understand this, right? You know, okay, lightning channels are like an abacus and you need to have enough, you know, beads on the other side that they can push over to you. But people outside our world would not know that, right? So then from their point of view, they're just going to be thinking, oh, I just pasted it there and then the payment failed. What, 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 this thing sucks. You know, I want something else. I'm, I'm just going to go custodial, you know? So it's kind of like, how do you solve all of those aspects of it at the same time as well? So uh, I think it's, it's kind of like a holistic approach there. Uh, but of course, you know, with the likes of the, the moons, the phoenixes, the breezes, they can help you a little bit with that incoming capacity aspect with, you know, turbo channel in your favor, in your direction, that kind of thing. But I guess that kind of magical just works 
feeling might be a bit difficult if someone, as an example, wants to send you 50 sats just as a one-off donation and your chat, like, you know, that's not going to be worth opening a whole channel over 50 sats, right? So it's kind of like, how do you communicate that to someone who's not in our world? Obviously, the hardcore Bitcoin and Lightning people understand that, but how do you quickly and succinctly communicate that to the people outside our world? That's probably the interesting question, right? What do you guys think? Wow. So you unpacked a lot of problems there. Um, yeah. So uh, so there, there's, there's a whole pile of, of, of things here, right? Uh, the liquidity problem, I mean, to some extent, uh, you, I mean, we're seeing a more dynamic, uh, I guess, you know, aggressive competitive market for liquidity. So, you know, I, I think the whole, someone wants to send you 50 sats, someone will take that as a signal as, hey, it's worth me opening a channel to you because, you know, because uh, it's more likely to be more people. You know, you've got a YouTube channel. The first one will send you 50 sats. There's probably a few more behind that. So it's worth me opening a, cha a channel to you. Um, how do we get that signaling out is kind of interesting, right? Um, and as you know, there are a number of uh, services that will do that. Turbo channels it is um, is something we're specking now. So there's, there's a number of ad hoc ways of doing it, but it's like we should probably make this a... A thing, right? Turbo channel should be in the standard. It's like everyone can do turbo channels. Um, it's there. There's a couple of twists in there, but um, I just posted uh, a draft. Um, hopefully, we'll see that. It does require some trust, right? If, if someone opens the channel to you and hasn't confirmed yet, you're kind of trusting that. You know, you've got to trust them if you want to use the channel before it's on chain and, and nailed down. Um, but for a lot of scenarios, that makes perfect sense, right? If if it's a donation and and like you know, uh, async or someone open a channel to you, you're like, ah, I'll, I'll take the risk, right? Um, you know, worst case, I don't actually get those sats that that someone's trying to send to me uh, if if you screw me over. But you're reasonably well known node, and I'm happy to take that risk in return for you know instant payments. Um, I, I think we will see we will see more of that. Uh, so so that you know we, we are kind of resting our way around uh, some of these liquidity problems. Um, but yeah, uh, the the here here's a QR code for your levels is kind of straightforward, right? That's a straightforward mirror of you know when I talk about Patreon, I'm talking about the pay side, not the other the the, the content side and things like that where you get your exclusive content. But uh, the best way to do that is basically you serve an encrypted blob somewhere, and when they pay, they get a key that decrypts it, right? Now again, that requires infrastructure. Someone's got to write that. It's got to you know be standardized, and everyone's got to have it, and all those things. But there are definitely, definitely ways of doing that. And Anthony's trick of basically streaming um, 150 kilobytes over 200 part payment uh, across the network was was spectacular. But um, I'm not sure that we're going to see like you know uh, movies streaming streaming across the Lightning Network payments anytime soon. Or at least I hope not, because I'm not sure all the nodes will appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, certainly. So, go on, go on. Sorry, I was I was just trying to take out the the one thing that I that I what that struck me from what you were saying, uh, uh, Stefan, is you know from from the pay side, you know how long is it going to be before you know it's going to be as you know easy for the uh, end user, so someone that's consuming the content, you know they. They go to, let's say, this live stream. If I happen to have a offers QR code in there, you know, how how hard, you know, would it be really? And so, I'm, I guess my question is, would would all the work end up being on the wallet side? You know, would we have to go kick Evan's butt over here and be like, put in Zeus, um, and make sure that happens or whatever? Um, or, you know, like uh, Sahib over here, getting it into Ride the Lightning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so how do you guys see that, you know, 
coming about? Like, do you think it's just going to have to be these wallet providers? Um, yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. I mean, my, again, I'm, I'm speculating, right? but my speculation is we will see uh, a multitude of things, right? We'll see kind of people use LN URL in the meantime, because that kind of gives them what they want for right, like right now, something closer to what they want. But I think the long-term answer is the offers uh, thing. So I see it like all the wallets would just build in like everything, right? They can be like, I can make an on-chain payment. I can make a LNBC, you know, standard Bolt 11 payment, or I can do the LN URL or in the future, do a Bolt 12 offers style thing. And so I, I'm guessing, I'm speculating, right? But I think that is the way it would probably go. And then I see it like offers would be like the long-term, technically more scalable and more sort of uh, open uh, approach is my speculation on how that might work and then yeah the payments aspect would just be kind of like you spin up a wallet and it spits you out this little copy paste thing and you copy paste that into everywhere whether you're a you're a content creator or maybe it gives you an equivalent qr code and you can then paste that onto your twitch stream or whatever it is into your youtube channel and then that's how people can just reliably pay you with the lightning network so that's my speculation what do you think rusty yeah, so um, there's a couple of things. I don't. So, so you're almost, and I'm not quite Chaz, but you were always kind of denigrating uh, wallet authors. So, it, in my mind, early on in the Lightning Network, like all the action was like at the protocol level, and let's how do we do Lightning initial C's and all that level stuff, right? Um, that's it's kind of nailed. I mean, there's still some look. There's some great. D d that's still happening 100%. But in my mind, the development and the action has gone one layer up, and it's the wallet devs who are really, really pushing the boundaries. And I shout out to like Breeze Wallet here for like their live podcast kind of you know payment stuff um, and that kind of stuff. You know, that's not trivial to, to implement, write, spec, and, and do all that stuff, right? But um, wallet authors are really stepping up with the stuff that they're doing. And so this is where the exciting development really is happening now. And that's more visible to, to end users. Um, but yeah, I totally expect them to support uh, an amazing amount of things in the meantime as we sort out what the future is. Um, in particular, um, there's not only is there, there the obvious case, one of the first requests I got from um, uh, Shesek, who writes a Spark wallet front end, he goes, can I have one QR code that's an LN URL and an offer? Um, which means basically encoding the offer inside the LN URL. It's certainly possible. Um, I've got to talk to the LN URL folk and go, cool, can I grab like an O equals um, that? Hopefully, will be ignored by older clients, but new clients go, oh, cool, there's an offer in there. I'll pull the offer out and use that if I want to. Um, the other thing is, is a Bolt 12 instead of Bolt 11, which seems really weird, but again, one QR code, right? Um, uh, it's awkward to have these two. I'll scan this. If you're a Bolt 12, what the hell is Bolt 12, right? Um, so uh, there's going to be some some bridges in there to help help people smooth things. But um, but wallet authors are doing amazing work. Um, and their feedback has been really, really good, like incredibly useful uh, on offers. Like it's been great. I'm like, I should have, you know, hey, I should have kicked this off 12 months ago and got all this feedback. But, you know, second best time is now, right? Yeah. So, hey, Chaz, I just wanted to, uh, you know, offer my two sats <laughs> on this topic, you know, from a UX standpoint. Uh, you know, to answer your question, yes, of course, wallet devs have to do the work. They have to uh, support uh, offers for Bolt 12, right? That's one thing. And second thing is, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at, you know, what an experience would be like, uh, then basically, you know, your wallet will scan the QR code, right? Or put in that LNO string uh, where, you, where the wallet indicates pay, right? And then 
the wallet will interpret that string to determine, okay, is it a recurring payment or a one-time payment? If it is a recurring payment, right, it should save that uh, in its configuration that this is uh, the what is the frequency of that recurring payment and amount, etc., uh, and then keep that as a schedule, a payment schedule, right, and like you know, prompt to the user that this is a recurring payment with this particular schedule with this particular amount. Do you want to uh, approve? Do you approve this on a regular basis, right? So user hits approve. And then, you know, you have this recurring payment set up. So now your offers are set up. Your wallet is now should now be looking at the frequency in which uh, it needs to pay. And it should uh, just every time it, uh, that frequency hits, it's go, it wakes up, uh, requests the invoice, and make the payment. So you, you don't have to actually do any active management after that. Uh, the only thing that you need to do maybe is, you know, look at your recurring payments on a periodic basis and make sure that, you actually wanted to continue to support those payments. That's uh, that's all the uh, that's all that you need to do, really. You know, from a UX standpoint. One thing just to add as well is if we look back at how, so you know how when Segwit came out in was it August 2017, right? And there was all this kind of kerfuffle around. And even when I'm like trying to teach a new coin, oh hey, you buy a Bitcoin and you pull it out to your wallet, and then they would be like, oh, but my exchange doesn't support, um, or they would like the exchange wouldn't support it, right? So there was like some of those little teething issues that came around with it. So it's kind of, it's going to be a bit messy uh, and it's going to take some time for it to truly win out at the end and like be available and supported, right? Because there might be some wallet developers or, or whatever, not to attack them, right? But just like it's, it, they might've made a lightning wallet uh, and they're not as plugged in in these circles or not as interested in lightning offers, you know, so there might be some of those teething issues around that. And it's, you know, the ideal, right? The ideal is it's all ubiquitous. Everyone use everyone's lightning wallet supports offers and every streamer, podcaster, YouTuber, any content creator person, or even a writer, they know to use this offers thing, but it's going to take some time to get there. Right. And information that us doesn't necessarily filter out to the, to the masses easily. And it, it you know, it's going to take some time. Um, but you know, I, I'm still bullish overall. I just, I just think, you know, just be realistic about, how widespread it will be, right? Even, um, you know, like podcasting and streaming for SATs is, is, you know, it's still taking, it, it still has to grow. Yeah, look, that's that's absolutely true, right? Um, now, we, we, we can kind of see the end point. It's worth getting there, right? But yeah, we're, gonna, we're always going to have this painful transition of going, oh, wait, hold on. Um, and look, there, that, the other thing is, so one of the reasons that I, this is why I'm working on, furiously working on tooling for, for wallet authors, like in JavaScript and Python and um, anything else that people people kind of want. Um, and I've actually got a, a, big, a summer of Bitcoin uh, student who's, who's, who's working on the uh, JavaScript implementation at Bolt 12. Um, and the reason this stuff is important is that, you know, not only will early on, like there'll be bugs or, oh yeah, it does, but it doesn't support recurrence or, you know, there'll, there'll be these kind of teething issues where as people work their way through, um, and I, I encourage wallet authors, by the way, to reach out uh, over any issues and kind of, you know, uh, ping me, tell me what they're, what they're doing, uh, see in any way I can help, uh, particularly because Bolt 12 is still a draft, right? So if there's something that you want or that you hate, uh, now's the time to bug us about it, right? Um, so we can close that. Because that's the other thing, Stefan, is right. It is still a draft, right? Somebody could come along and go, oh, we, you know, convince the world that we really need this in, in the first version of Bolt 12. Then um, in theory, hopefully not, but in theory, you know, we could still break the format, right? Um, this is still a little bit reckless um, because we all see that end day when it's like it's ubiquitous and it's fantastic and it's supported everywhere and it's this great standard. And everyone goes, wow, this is really nice. It has everything I want, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's, it's simple and et cetera, right? So, um, 
you know, the, the road ahead is, is going to be rocky, right? There's going to be a lot of work for, for people. And there's, there's going to be some confusion of like, okay, so what do I do both on the acceptor side? Like, oh, is this, should I use the NLN URL? Should I use the offer? Should I use the bolt 11 button? Whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think, I think, you know, uh, I've, I've been really impressed with just the rate of uh, progress in, in the lightning uh, ecosystem. Like people are, people are eager for stuff, right? People are exploring and, and, and actively, you know, uh, contributing and trying stuff out. And they really want to like, you know, they want to be one of the early adopters as well in a lot of cases. So. Thank you so, yeah. for setting it up so, so beautifully here. Um, Let's see. Uh, I, I do want to give a huge shout out for to uh, podcastindex.org as well as satoshis.stream. And those those have been uh, two projects which have really stood out to me to to add value blocks to the RSS feed for for podcasts. So so it essentially allows um, like a, a a wallet to be paid uh, through through a wallet like. Um, like like breeze uh so that so that listeners can you know stream sats or or send a, a boost at a certain point in the podcast um and I, i've really appreciated that feature as as a content creator because you do get to see the exact uh you know minute uh the the timestamp in this uh in this content where they where they boosted or or where they started streaming sats so uh, I, I found that a, an incredibly useful tool um, for being able to to tailor content because you could actually do the research and find out uh, what kind of content are are uh, my listeners uh, really interested in or engaged in. Um, so I'm yeah I would uh, take a look at those projects uh, to to kind of get a good sense of uh, what sort of features are already being used um, and then where it could go from from there very excited about bolt 12 uh, taking the reins here yeah so a uh, podcast index.org is great um, and uh, yeah the boost thing is, is something when somebody told me that I went holy crap that's that's awesome I never would have thought of that um, but also in a way like they can isolate from you know they can switch underneath the covers to like bolt 12 and really you know at some point when everyone has already adopted it so you know in some ways that abstraction level gives them a way of uh you know uh, uh of kind of papering over the transition for the user base in a way that ideally um no one will notice they'll suddenly one day they'll be using offers underneath and it'll like you know uh and it'll be like a nothing right <laughs> to some extent <laughs> you know the nothing nothing will change um there are some efficiencies to be gained from from using offers underneath but you know um I, I I love Bolt 12. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I love uh, podcastindex.org because I think this is this is exactly the kind of um, people who are driving new uses. That's so exciting. Yeah, actually, I um, invited them to this uh, chat because I I very much want them to get into Bolt 12, get into offers um, because yeah, I I would love for them to use their magical brain to you know help out podcasters basically um so yeah i brought up ricardo uh, did you have a uh question for anyone on the stage ricardo yeah uh wait a second for my mic to work okay and in the meantime really fast here uh evan so you're yeah. a Hold on. Go ahead. Sorry, uh, my, 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 my mic wasn't working correctly. Yeah, I have uh, a question. I, I believe that 
I'm 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 using Lightning for maybe I don't know a couple months and super excited, uh, but in my inner circle actually. But uh, I've read a lot about uh, some podcasters getting some sats for for um, their content, and and I wanted to support it. Uh, try to test the tools. They talk a lot about uh, Sphinx podcast or something and other apps that I I constantly am trying to find out where can I uh, be a part of the of the system how can I support content creators uh, maybe put out some content myself but I I actually can't find the right tools uh, even kind of considering myself a kind of saving the space I cannot find the tools even to support uh, the the podcasters even trying to find the information online is kind of a pain I don't know if you could guide me through send me some one-on-one uh, tips to to go ahead and, and, and support many Bitcoin podcasters out, out there Sure. So what I think it's basically what we were just talking about. Um, basically, Breeze Wallet, you know, Sphinx and Breeze Wallet on, and all these other things use the podcastindex.org value block backend. I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, you know what I mean. So it's essentially um, to get to that functionality, you, you could just use Breeze Wallet, you know, one of the more popular uh, Lightning wallets out there to get that functionality and uh, you know, pay it out to them or whatnot. Okay. And then on the on the content creator side, you can go to Satoshi's dot stream uh, to to follow some step by step instructions on how to get your podcast set up to receive uh, Satoshi's over the Lightning Network. That's great. Thank you. All right. So. I was kind of curious um, with Evan here, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about as far as, you know, wallet integrators go. Um, from your side, Evan, what are your thoughts about all this? You know, you're you're a kind of overworked guy over there working a full-time job and working on a Lightning wallet on the side. Um, you know, what, what's your thought process here? And are you going to get offers um, in the next week or so, please? <laughs> oh well I, I just gotta check upstream uh i'm not gonna put any pressure on him but uh you know we do support sea lightning rest in zeus we could offer uh up support for offers through that I, I would love to do that um you know obviously there's a lot of moving parts a lot of different uh components upstream to us but uh you know as soon as it's uh no, practical and pragmatic. I would love to have offers in app. Um, yeah, I'm just incredibly intrigued uh, by the prospect of like having you know a list of subscriptions to you know different services and content creators and being being able to manage them all in one place. I think we get like this great uh, user experience increase that I would definitely say is a 10x increase. Uh, well with dealing with your subscriptions just by being able to deal with them in one place like to see okay this is what i spent this month uh here are all my subscriptions being able to cancel them in a click all on the same menu uh that's the sort of you know uh, from the user's perspective like a, a great user experience bump that you know the, these legacy systems don't really offer like maybe you're on patreon and you have a couple of subscriptions there but you know 
generally speaking, all the content creators aren't using the same uh, platform. So if we have a subscription system that's done at a protocol layer, there's going to be a whole lot of possibilities. Not only will you know you be able to manage those subscriptions on you know Zeus, but if you're connected to the same node, uh, in theory, you'd be able to you know uh, manage those subscriptions from any other wallet you hook into, like uh, Ride the Lightning. So really excited by the possibilities, not just for the content creators and you know the the new content this these payments are going to enable, but uh, what this is going to look like for users as well. So this is this is something that yeah you, you point out really well. Uh, you know the whole recurring the, the recurring story like lo- what it looks like on credit cards today is like uh, kind of this uh, a bit of a bit of a horror show, right? Um, but you know with, with with this this model, like it's very much the self sovereign recurrence model, right? I approved it in the first place. I have a tab of like, hey, where are my sats leaking to? Um, I can go. No, no, I'm just going to stop that one, that one, that one. You know, let's 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 kill those. And it, you're you're completely in the driver's seat, right? You were completely in control the whole time. And I think that is something that, you know, uh, not just from a UX point of view, but just from a from a self sovereignty and a control point of view, puts the user uh, in, in in exactly where they should be, right? Which is completely in control of their funds, uh, which I think people will actually really love. Yeah, absolutely. Like like thinking about. Uh you know, trying to make sure you're not getting charged again on your credit card. Like the, the fact that this is a push technology versus a pull technology, this gets going to go so far. I'm, I'm so excited about it. Hey, Evan, uh, not to get uh, too much into the weeds, but uh, some things, a few technical things that you should keep in mind, right? So, okay. you know, when a wallet is, let's say Zeus is scanning a QR code, which is uh, actually a, a recurring payment. So that would require you, I think, you or the wallet to save that configuration, right? And then uh, also save some sort of a recurring schedule, which is basically, you know, the recurring schedule encoded in the offer. So you'll have to save that uh, and be reminded every time, you know, that whenever that recurring schedule is coming up, uh, that this needs to be paid. So this this logic has to be built in uh, in the wallet, basically. It will be outside of the, the protocol, right? So, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Oh, so yeah, I was going to say. Uh, so Nadav of Spark uh, is actually dealing with wrestling with this now, and we should probably all get together and figure out because Sea Lightning now has a data store in the latest release and has a plugin for older ones, so I, you can stash the data in Sea Lightning. So just like Evan said, like however you connect to your same node. Um, if we use the same format to store it, they should be able to see each other's recurrence. You won't have like some there recurrences. Oh crap, that's only remembered on this one or whatever else. Um, I mean, it's a trivial amount of data. You got to remember like a couple of things. But you know, when's when's the next one due? What is it? Right? What's the approval for? Right? What did the user approve? Right? Because you got to figure out if it's in the bounds. So one thing one thing that we talked about um, that, that's worth mentioning is that recurrence is usually specified. It can be specified in SATs, but for usually people want it in some kind of fiat amount, right? So what happens is, you know, they request the new invoice this month. They get a number of, an invoice for a number of SATs. The wallet then checks, hey, is that, you know, the user said they'd pay five bucks a month. Uh, I don't think that amount they've given, that looks like six bucks to me. So at this point, I've got to do something like ask the user, hey, this this seems like they're either trying to screw us or we do, you know, there's exchange rate issues or whatever it is. Um, 
is you do kind of have to remember how much the user's authorized, right? Because some wallets might go, look, they want five bucks a month. You've prepared to pay up to 550, like plus or minus 10% or something. You're like, sure, right? Um, so there are a few like under the weeds details that we kind of got to get. It, it would be nice to kind of nail down early on. Um, and then other wallets as they kind of adopt offers will presumably kind of follow the same format. And that would be great. Um, That's cool. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, not not to be pumped about uh, <laughs> or kick work down the road or down the stack to like the node, but... Uh, yeah, that's really uh, exciting to hear about that data store in C Lightning, and uh, yeah, just for just for means of you know cross compatibility across different wallets, I think that'd go a really long way. So uh, yeah, perhaps we should get chatting with Nadav. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's funny because like I I pushed it up the stack and he immediately pushed it straight back down. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Nadav, looking out for me. Uh, cool. That's exciting. And uh, and Suheb also just sent me his uh, his pending pull request for offer support in C-Lightning REST. Uh, oh, man, I'm getting excited now. This is excellent. So just to kind of throw this out here, my the, the way that I was kind of formulating part of this uh, uh, event, whatever you want to call this Twitter space here, um, is the idea of being a sovereign content creator. What do you guys think about this? What do we mean by sovereign? Like, see, my biggest question with all this stuff is whether the actual like exchange of the data, like the media, is going to be transferred on LN, which, you know, was sort of done with that proof of concept with that, uh, that audio clip Anthony put together uh, earlier. And in that regard, if you're not really trusting a centralized third party to host your data, like, that gets pretty crazy. Um, but what, what, did you, what did you mean by, you know, sovereign content creation? Because I, I think you're pretty sovereign right now, Chaz. That you're not, uh, you know, beholden to anyone. Lightning Junkies is your baby, right? You're the boss. Right. So, yeah. So, you, I, I think you're dead on, though. So, I think I am basically talking about that. And I guess the content would be maybe the last place. But I think it depends on where I'm hosting my RSS feed, for example. Um, so, unfortunately, in my case, I'm not that sovereign. I'm hosted by Anchor, which is owned by Spotify, which is probably the least good way to do that in the end. But I guess what I was talking about was more on the uh, payment side, so much more on the you know patreon like support side of things but i guess you made a very good point that i'm having to grapple with now it's like are we gonna have to have something like impervious that might do these things out of band because yeah i'm still unclear about putting this stuff directly on lightning i remember talking to andreas about this like a year and a half ago and he was kind of comparing it to uh, bitcoin sv in the sense that you know they have their gigamegs or whatever um over there and he was concerned that if we did the same thing on top of lightning it would be the same kind of problem where all these different nodes are going to have to you know hold this data in some sense or otherwise transmit it or what have you um so i guess yeah it's i would want as much of my stack to be sovereign as possible so you know i have my lightning node i have my 
um, you know, RSS feed. Maybe eventually I could self-host that. That's kind of expensive. But um, yeah, like that's the kind of mentality. What do you guys think about all that? Okay, so um, the, the question of like serving data over the Lightning Network. I mean, Lightning Network, if you look at it in the right lens, is already a uh, a communications network, right? It just happens to carry payments. You can't stop people from carrying other data, right? Uh, almost by definition, like if it's encrypted and everything else, which it is, then you know they can they can transmit data through it. Um, in fact, to some extent, with Onion messages, which are a simple extension to the Lightning Network that lets you send deliberately send non-payment data. So if you're going to do it anyway, let's not force people to cram it in a payment, which is actually quite expensive for us to process. Let's have an let's have a messaging layer where they can send messages. Um, so so onion messages are already an extension to the spec. Uh, that that's how Bolt 12 uses this whole I'm going to fetch an invoice from you, right? Um, and they're much cheaper. They're basically just a forwarding a message thing. Um, there's no state, there's nothing you have to remember. There's very little processing, you just have to unwrap it. Uh, at the protocol level. So we've already kind of gone there. Uh, but, you know, it's a step between there and like actually streaming active content. Let's think about, you know, your podcast takes off. You've got like 100 million users. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty bad to at that point, you know, that, that's putting a lot of pressure on the network to stream all that content. Um, I would think there's. You know, there are already things like BitTorrent for like mass dis mass decentralized distribution. That is probably the way to go. Now, would you send them like, you know, the seeding information in that case over the Lightning Network? Um, and maybe, you know, you send them the decryption key if if it's like, you know, uh, if, if there's some content that's, you know, uh, you have to pay for this content for this period of time. I mean, that will leak. Everything leaks, right? But, you know, hey, you could, you could sell, you could send them an access key. And that's like, that's 32 bytes, right? So, um, there's definitely going to be some trade-off there on how much data goes across the network uh, and how much data gets, you know, it goes through other other means. But you know, Lightning, I don't think is ever going to be a bulk transport system, right? But we can do these kind of hybrid schemes, which I think will be will be pretty cool. And you know, again, like we're all going to be experimenting in this space, right? Uh, you know, for if you've got ten thousand downloads, maybe no one will care if you stream that over the Lightning Network, right? If people are making payments going back one way and they're getting a bit of data back, you know, whatever. I'm, my node's getting paid enough. I'm happy. I'm not going to rate limit your your messages um, because they're just not costing me that much. Now, at some point, right, maybe my node's just going, you know what, I'm going to start rate limiting these onion messages because this is just getting insane, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the network will find a balance here. Uh, and I'm quite happy with people, you know, hey, streaming audio at the moment over things uh, while we while we sort stuff out. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a stretch to say it's all going to go over the Lightning Network itself. Um, I think it's also a big ask to kind of try and tell everyone, hey, you've got to try and be like fully self-sovereign and serve your own podcast data out there. Like I can only imagine, like, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's enough work to try and organize shows and do all that stuff as well as like become IT tech, you know, like, and actually, you know what I mean? Like we use content, CDN content, what's it? Content delivery networks and like DDoS protection for a reason, right? Like uh, even, um, you know, you guys might know my mate Katan, right? He's in the, you know, Sydney Bitcoin scene and he has written some blog posts on his self-hosted blog that he was hosting on, on his, you know, in a little box at his place. But then one of his articles went big on Hacker News and then it basically shut his thing down because he just, he got the, like the Reddit hug of death or whatever, right? Like you just, internet scale is just ridiculous for 
people to deal with, especially if you're like a garage band level operator. Um, so that's always going to be there. And, you know, of course we want people to have like maximum self-sovereignty where it's possible, but it's, it's kind of a question of is the juice worth the squeeze at this point when if you get shut down on one, you can set up on another and the convenience factor of having like say the anchors of the world that cost cross distribute to the different platforms, whether that is, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like for now, we're probably going to be stuck with what we've got because I like, I mean, in my example, I couldn't imagine, you know, setting up my own server to serve out my podcast. It's just not like, I'm just not that tech savvy. Right. And I don't have, the, I wouldn't have the time to deal with all that as well. Maybe someone made it easier and maybe if someone kind of productized it and made it able to be done on some kind of VPS or something. And it was like, you know, like the BTC pay server of, you know, podcast serving or content serving maybe, but I think for now we kind of need the distribution angles that are available to us today with, you know, the likes of YouTube and Spotify and whatever else. Yeah, that's right. I agree with Stefan. There's a reason this stuff exists. And you know, I love the idea of like a lightning pirate radio kind of thing, but I think it's going to be pretty bleeding edge for a while. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think people also need to like realize that, you know, being decentralized or self-sovereign is it's really not the the ends. Like it, it's a means to the end, right? Like if, if there's a need for it, like... And, uh, you know, we, we had to take into consideration two things. I think Stefan made a really great point about, you know, the ease of use and, and the practicality for someone to do these things. That's going to be a major factor, but it's also going to depend on the environment in which we're operating it, right? Like all this discussion about, you know, a decentralized Twitter, for example, like in, in Blue Sky or whatever we end up building in the next couple of years, that's only become a necessity because of the environment that you know, we're in right now, like Twitter has, uh, you know, it's beholden to its shareholders, corporations, governments. And as a result, we've seen a great amount of censorship. Uh, so really, uh, the degree at which data will need to or, or will end up being transferred over the Lightning Network will depend on, you know, what the environment looks like as far as the content we're trying to distribute and, uh, you know, what the tolerance for it is on these pre-existing uh, centralized platforms. So yeah. I do think there's going to be a lot of experimentation. I think there's going to be a lot of hybrid models where a lot of, uh, you know, uh, perhaps we use lightning to coordinate, uh, you know, the parties and incentivize them to, to put it up. But I, I do see a lot of this happening out of band uh, yeah, one, until it really becomes necessary. Yeah. And just to add to that, maybe like, I think it's kind of like the idea of you build it when it's ready or be just before you think it's really necessary, because otherwise you could be spending that time building some other functionality, but just, I yeah. mean, humor me for a second, like as an example, maybe it could look something like this, right? Maybe it could be like, okay, let's say I have my podcast and we use like some kind of BitTorrent system where maybe I host up you know, the initial seed version of it. And you know how on like torrent sites or whatever, they had like that URI or the magnet link. And so maybe the podcast listeners could, you know, find some, there was some app that coordinates all this, makes it all easy for them. Maybe it could be built into like the likes of Sphinx and Breeze, hypothetically, right? I'm just playing with this example. And then let's say my, my node or my server, my box or whatever, my VPS is the initial seed, but everyone just does it like a BitTorrent. So then all the listeners of my show might theoretically be streaming it out or uploading to help the bandwidth out to other 
people who want to listen to the show. So maybe that that's, I'm just giving you an example. Maybe that's what it could be. And that way it still kind of only uses that small amount of data just to give them the magnet URI link rather than streaming the whole thing through the lightning network. Yeah, that would be actually pretty magical. Someone should build that. <laughs> All right, let's go. When talking about this uh, sovereignty aspect, I, I think uh, it might be good to highlight uh, not only could it could it be an opportunity for the content creators, but also for the listeners to, to maintain their their sovereignty as far as the amount of information that they're sharing. Because uh, one thing to point out is that you know you're going to have uh, some some additional privacy benefits towards uh, just paying your content creators, um, and uh, like when talking about uh, providing. Uh, information that isn't a payment, it, it might be good for content creators to to optionally um, f- for the for the listener to communicate that information about like who I am. If you want to send a thank you or you want to invite me to some exclusive event and and whatnot in in, in the future, um, so so that might be something to kind of edge us towards that that Patreon type model, but without. Uh, ha- including the requirement to hand over your name, your address, your, all of your payment data. I'd love to chime in on that if it's possible. Go for it. Um, So big fan of everyone in the group. Um, I think some of us know each other um, because of what we're launching next week. Um, But I mean, that's, that's our entire position. Um, So as some of you guys might know, Zion's launching on Wednesday, the 18th. And, you know, we believe that not only should the creators have full sovereignty, um, my co-founder is one of the largest influencers in the world, but also the user should have uh, sovereignty of their own data, which is why every single user has their own lightning node. Uh, They only have access to their private keys. They only have access to the, the, we're using all the rails of like key send messages to actually move across the data layer and allowing you to have full sovereignty of the information. No one has access to what you're saying, how you're saying it, where you're saying it, who you're connected to, other than the people that have the private keys on your node. And you're the only one that manages the macaroons on that node. So that's our belief in the the future of social has to be built in that way. And I think building it on lightning allows for that layer of money, right? So most companies think of money as this afterthought. And I think building the relationship with your favorite creators on top of money is effectively the future of social media. How do you think Bolt 12 and offers uh, plays into that? I, I, I love it. I love it. Actually, one, I mean, one of my advisors sent over the, the Bolt 12 thing, and, and I love how that will eventually integrate into kind of what we're working on. I'm still kind of looking through the docs and how we can actually involve those QR codes into the, the creator communities. So there are two things that, that um, one of which came about because from, from, from feedback people had. So, so in Bolt 12, there's two things. One is that uh, when I request that invoice from you, I provide you with a payer key. Right. Um, and that's a transient throwaway key. I know how to generate it. You don't. Um, and so that can be a basis for future relationships. In particular, it's a basis for refunds. If you ever need to give me a refund, I can prove it was me because I obviously can sign with that payer key and no one else can. Um, but, you know, it, it opens the door to a whole heap of other other things that you can tie to that key, right? It's a transient identity. So it doesn't, you know, it's not an identity for me, but it's a thing, it's a thing that I have that I provided with, provided you with. So, um, so potentially there's an ability to build on top, right? Um, now, now you have this identifier for me, if I want to send you something in the future, the other thing that comes in, which is kind of trivial, but, but someone asked for, uh, and, and we added it to the specs is kind of a payer note. So, so when I send you the, Hey, I want an invoice for this, I can also just put like a description in there, 
uh, from my end, right? So, uh, hey, I really loved your podcast, um, whatever it is. I can basically just put a little comment in that payment request um, called a payer note. Um, and that that enables a very simple way of, uh, of, of just sending feedback. Um, and it's interesting because that was a piece of feedback that came from people you know, reading the Bolt 12 spec and here's, 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 a, here's something I really, really want. Uh, it wasn't in there originally, it, it was added pretty trivially. Um, so uh, a good example of the feedback from people like yourself going, hey, here, here's the use case I have, I, I want this. Um, so yeah, there's already kind of the, the at the protocol level, there's, there's the, the, the infrastructure to do this kind of comps and, and establish these kind of higher relationships um, in a completely you know uh, anonymity preserving manner, right? Completely opt-in. Will, will this be available on LND as well, or just see Lightning? Oh, look, you know, uh, the point of the spec process is most of the stuff that's in, you know, Lightning today comes out of the spec process. So it goes through the spec thing, where you know we kind of hash it out and we make sure it's all good, and then it gets implemented. Um, to get into the formal spec, it has to be implemented by two independent implementations. So C Lightning is the first, um, and we're kind of playing around with it. We need at least one more, uh, you know, significant node to implement it completely independently, right? So it can't be a C lighting derivative. It literally has to be, <laughs> have to crawl through and implement it from scratch and do it themselves. Um, and at that point, it can be finalized in the spec. And at that point, right, okay, the gates are open. Now you don't have to be reckless. It's not going to change. Um, it's in there. Uh, and at that point, I expect it to go through uh, the other implementations. Uh, so it depends on, you know, everyone has different engineering priorities as to what they do. And I can't speak for the, for the Lightning Labs team. Um, but there are also things that we can do on the side uh, as a bridge, right? So it's actually possible uh, that I know Just Jaeger, it's, I think this has been merged. Um, you can basically intercept messages, have an extension to LND now that can intercept messages in the next release. So uh, you could implement a lot of offers kind of on the side of LND, even if it wasn't in the core. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do, uh, even, even without you know first class LND support uh, on that side. And by we, I mean someone out there. Not me. We we we'd love. I mean, I love this concept, and we'd love to support your efforts in building this out on L and D. And I think that there's a lot of creators on our side that would be really excited to to have this product. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right. So, kind of going from the uh, the social media aspect there. Um, let me see here. So what do you think is currently missing from from Bolt 12 or from offers? Is there anything missing? Is there anything anyone would want to add? Oh, and by the way, um, if anyone wants to ask any questions, feel free to request uh, the speaker privileges. But um, do you think that there's anything missing? Is there anything, you know, maybe on uh, the, the Stefan side, is there anything that you would want to see that you don't see in offers quite yet? or, you know, anyone else in the, the speaker or audience uh, sections here? I mean, from my point of view, I'm I'm excited about the idea. I think it, it would need to see commercialization and kind of being put in a productization maybe, not necessarily commercialization, although that could be part of it. Um, and, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's not – it's kind of like we have, you have to sort of see which way the market is going, right? And see are a lot of people using that because it's one thing for all of us Bitcoin and Lightning nerds to be into this stuff. It needs to be the real test is do 
non-Bitcoin and Lightning people get into it and use it. That's the real test, right? Of course, like we will be all about it and shilling it hard and I'll be out there promoting it. But, you know, that's that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Because if you were to think of the hardcore Bitcoin and Lightning people, what, what's that? 20,000, 50,000 max, right? Really what it's about is getting it beyond that. And so, you know, for that to happen, well, you, you need a certain level of convenience, a certain level of user experience, a certain level of UI. It needs to be slick because Joe... You know, Joe blogs on the street or whatever, Joe Sixpack, you're not going to tell him, oh, yeah, hey, man, go and, like, configure all this shit, use this thing, and and for what? Why? Oh, oh yeah, because it's more self-sovereign. And they'll be like, well, I don't care. Like, I can already download what I want, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it has to be made slick and convenient enough at all. Enough people have to have been cancelled off the normal internet and off the normal platforms that, you know, people see a reason to do it, right? Because otherwise... Why are they going to take the extra step, right? They would rather just use Google Podcasts or Spotify or whatever they're normally using right now. So I think that's the the mark. And it's like I was saying before, I'm bullish. I just think it, it's going to take some time to get there and um, we can't sort of expect it all to happen straight away. Yeah, I do want to chime in here and say, um, so Bolt 12 is extensible. Um, we use the same format that we use across the wire for the Lightning Protocol. And we, you know, we've got experience with extending that. Um, it, it's sort of built in that, that they basically, you know, optional and compulsory extensions and, and all that is formalized in, in, in the way Bolt 12 works. So um, there are definitely some things that have been left on the floor because because we can add them easily later. And the question is like, you know, we don't want to, the specs are already pretty long, right? You kind of want to cut at some point. What's your what's your minimum viable uh, product um, that still leaves you open to future extensions? So some there's been some stuff that that's great that I've kind of pushed back on. Go cool, we will add that later. Uh, that'll be in in future versions. Um, but you know, uh, it, so I definitely know there's some stuff that 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 isn't there today. Uh, but I, like like Stefan said, you know, uh, let's see how people use it, right? Before we add all this stuff that turns out to be really obscure. So I think you brought up a pretty good or interesting point, uh, Stefan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so like, it kind of makes me think, okay, so is the first step, or maybe, you know, a, a product that someone makes, like some kind of uh, newbie wallet, some kind of custodial offers wallet that's like dedicated to doing this or something like i i don't know if that would really happen but you know would that be entirely suboptimal to start with and kind of iterate from there obviously getting to a non-custodial thing if we could help it kind of thing maybe i mean look it's it's like um okay maybe a good example is when people talk about say open node versus btc pay right it's like a similar kind of thing right if you talk about it on twitter someone would be like no don't use open node because it's custodial and, I'll, and use btc pay only but it's much more technical it's a lot harder for somebody and so i i'm not opposed to people just going to open node to get started even if it is custodial lightning you've got to start somehow and if unless you're a bitcoin lightning nerd you you, you just need that easy way in so Maybe it's a similar thing there. You need a custodial easy way to get started. And then later you try and learn more about, okay, now it's time to be more self-sovereign. That's, I guess that's one way to think of it.
All right. Um, and I think, you know, Rusty, you probably have gone over this multiple times and maybe kind of somewhat already um, in in this chat. But uh, just for the sake of making sure we hit this here, could you let everyone know why maybe LNURL is kind of suboptimal compared to offers? Again, I know you've answered this like a million times, but... Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a good question. So I love L and URL, right? It filled a gap that, that was absolutely, uh, yeah, it filled this, this huge void that we had between, hey, cool, we've got these invoices, but man, you know, I really want something static. I want something short. I want something, you know, all these things, right? Um, so L and URL came along and, and filled that gap, which is great. Um, but I'm more ambitious, right? I want the Lightning Network to... Uh, you know, I, I, in my mind's eye, I see the Lightning Network I want to use, right? Um, and LNURL requires basically a web request. The encoding is kind of awkward just on a technical level and stuff like that. But I really want something that's Lightning native, right? Built in that everyone supports, um, that that does this through the through Lightning Network itself. So you don't have to have like a web server somewhere that's doing this redirect and everything else. You can literally, if, if you have a Lightning node, you can... You can have full stack, right? You can do everything. You can take, um, you can have your static codes that everyone supports that go straight to my phone, and I am a, an equal, self-sovereign Lightning participant to anyone else, right? In terms of actually having that web layer in there to to, to serve things is is actually quite a hurdle in practice uh, to being a vendor, right? Um, you need something that's hosted. You need something that has an HTTP, like a has an SSL certificate. All these, they're, you know, it does complicate the stack. Um, and also, in theory, you should be reaching through that over Tor. And in practice, you know, that that is another hurdle for people to to reach, right? Um, but being able to reach through the Lightning Network and do it itself uh, is it's definitely like a superior technical solution, but also just just a far simpler solution for um, uh, as far as like all the all the moving parts goes, right? Because I mean, if I can't reach you to get the invoice, it's okay because I couldn't reach you to make the payment anyway. Right? So, um, so in that way, like if, if Lightning works at all for you, then offers will work for you, which I think is a great great experience to have. Um, you know, and L and URL very much when they came up with it was like here, here's a here's a stopgap uh here's here's like a here's a whole heap of pieces that we need and we're going to put it in like a web request um which is absolutely the right way to do it um and ellen url actually has some pretty cool stuff that that office doesn't have like you know channel opening and stuff like that um we very much focused on this whole uh you know uh, invoicing and and sending and sending money flow um and you know, we've kind of cut cut out that bit and go cool. Okay, we want we want to push this down the stack and have this as standard. So LNURL is is, is not going to go away. It's still got some really good good use cases. Um, but this is for that one part. It's like this is kind of like the way we should have done it at the beginning, but we kind of had to learn, right? All the mistakes we made in Bolt eleven, all the things we learned since then, have gone into like uh, making Bolt twelve a reality. Uh, but yeah, specs for occurrence and things are, are are big, right? There's a lot of capabilities um, that people are really hungry for. And that, that are just missing today, uh, and that was definitely something that that was driving Bolt twelve. Um, oh, so just just a thing on the nomenclature, by the way, in case people are confused. So the Bolt uh, basis of Lightning technology is the RFCs, the the specs for Lightning, uh, and they have numbers, um, and we just increment them. So we're up to twelve. So hence Bolt twelve. Uh, and so Bolt 12 and offers are kind of interchangeable, although Bolt 12 is more than offers. It's also how you request it and all that stuff through the network. But the terms Bolt 12 and offers are interchangeable. And Bolt 12 is really a geeky way of saying offers. 
kind of side question, kind of a, a tangent here. Is there anything that you think is currently missing from the Lightning Network that's not even to the point where you're specking it out or writing it down yet, but it's still kind of bouncing around the back of your head or something like that? Yes, always, right? <laughs> there's always there's always more, right? Uh, there's always more cool stuff we could do. Um, you know, there, there's, there's there's stuff up the stack that I would love to see. There's stuff down the stack. Um, I would love to see. Uh, I have an early draft for simplified payment commitments. I have an early draft for splicing um, existing channels, like splicing funds in and splicing funds out, uh, that I would love to get back to. Um, LND has anchors, um, which are a huge improvement, but require me to rework a whole heap of stuff so I can implement it properly in C Lightning that I would love to do. Um, that would, P PTLCs are coming, right? We're getting Taproot. Uh, we, we really need to finalize the, the point time lock contract stuff. Um, so I would love to <clears throat> see that move forward. Um, so there are a pile of things at the protocol level that I would love to see. I would love to figure out um how to validate um vendors so uh bolt 12 has uh, offers have a vendor field it's optional right you can say hey this is whatever uh, if that's a url like that's you know um you know uh, that's blockstream.com for example it would be good to use the existing tls infrastructure um like certificate infrastructure the same way i validate blockstream.com when i go to the website um to validate that that is this node id isn't does indeed belong to blockstream.com. And there are a couple of tricks with doing that because I don't want to reach out to blockstream.com because I don't want to compromise my anonymity, right? I'm just paying them, right? I don't, not, I don't want a relationship, right? So uh, I, I don't want my, my, my wallet to reach out and just query some URL from there. Um, so there are a few tricks around doing that in a way that I can still validate that that is valid. So yes, to answer your question, there are about a bazillion things to do at the moment, um, all of which I'm trying to work on or, or you know, make sure, sure we're being worked on. Um, but that's always true, right? The Lightning Network is a new frontier and it, 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 it open horizons as far as you can see. Pick a direction and, and, and go in it. There's, there's so much to do. I have a question for Rusty. Rusty, uh, in terms of uh, privacy implications uh, with both 12, is there any specific surface area which opens up or reduces uh, from a privacy standpoint? Oh, so we have a very good question. Um, so, you know, if you can make anonymous payments, you can request, because using the same mechanism, right? You should, should be able to request um, your, uh, your invoice through the same mechanism, so there shouldn't be any extra trace there. Now, the caveat, of course, is at the moment, there is, because at least Sea Lightning will go, huh, not enough people support onion messages for me to route a message through and back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to directly connect to the node. Um, you know how I said you shouldn't do that? And that's what it does at the moment by default, unless you disable it. It'll go, ah, uh, you want an invoice from this person, but I can't get a route through to them. So I'm just going to like open a connection to them and send the message directly, which is you know fine for Bootstrap, but is a terrible, terrible thing for privacy in the long term, right? We should be routing through the full the full network. Um, and that's definitely the end game, right? As, as, as all the nodes upgrade and everyone supports this, even in C Lightning, it's not on by default. You've got to turn on the experimental option to say, yes, give me offers. I like being reckless. Um, and when you turn on experimental offers, we start routing these messages for people. So, so yes, uh, at the moment, there are some privacy compromises. But on the flip side, uh, it does get better once, once everyone's adopted it. And the other thing is that 
at the moment, there's no vendor privacy as such. Uh, or well, there, there actually, there are a couple of places like MoonWallet that actually give you a little bit of vendor privacy. Um, but in the protocol, there's no vendor privacy. Basically, you have to say, here's my node ID that I want you to send the sats to. Um, but Offers does allow blinded paths. Uh, so in the offer, you can say, hey, here is the path to send it down, and you won't know where it's actually going. Um, now, that's in the spec. It is not supported by Sea Lightning yet because I just haven't pl plumbed in the piece where you add the uh, add the path in the offer. Um, so there's a to-do, but it's in the spec. Uh, and we use that mechanism to do the replies anyway. So all the pieces are there. It just has to be put together. So in the long term, um, this does open some new potential avenues for privacy. Uh, but in the short term, uh, it's <laughs> it's not a step forward. Yeah, in the short term, exactly. yeah, it's understandable. I think you know we need that adoption at the protocol level so that it can go through the onion uh, routing, right? Yeah, in theory, we could route it through a payment, but I, that's a little bit antisocial on the network to send a fake payment just to do this. I mean, yeah, got it. Okay, thanks. So to be honest, I have kind of run out of questions on, on, on my side. Do any of the other hosts have anything for Rusty or anybody else? I thought uh, Stefan brought up a really good point about uh, the the content delivery uh, for for like the the distribution of of this uh, of the podcast and such, and listed off a whole bunch of uh, kind of like fiat companies um, and. I, I just saw this uh, technology improvement as a big opportunity for for someone to to create a more lightning native distribution network for for getting this content out there uh, because there there is a lot of competition in in the fiat space but uh, yeah if if some company were able to like understand this technology and then be able to distribute it to all the the content platforms and build out the compatibility so that people could actually start paying the content creators directly i, I would see that as a, a huge opportunity um so so that's yeah thanks stefan for for bringing that up and pointing that out yeah i think it's um it's we just aren't at the point yet where enough people have been canceled that people care about it right because most people are just on standard YouTube. They're not on the the copycat. Most people are on Twitter. They're not on Mastodon. They're you know. So it's it is just that fundamental problem of like there's not enough people who demand it that way. That the the products and the services and the solutions that work for that haven't been all built out and made nice and fancy and easy. Um, and maybe they won't be as nice and easy as say the YouTube.com, but they could be made a lot easier. And maybe you know that kind of torrent streaming idea. Maybe. If you're a supporter of someone, you can help seed their content out to the other listeners or viewers, that kind of thing. That's just a few ideas. Fantastic. So if there's any uh, burgeoning entrepreneurs out there, you can jump on that opportunity. I would definitely throw down some stats for that as well if anyone wanted to do that. Just saying. So oh, one more question, and I don't know whether you want to take it, <laughs> but um, what is the take from other uh, implementations on offers in general? Like, are they excited about it? Uh, and, and I know I should not address this, this to you specifically, uh, but uh, I have not actually heard 
a lot of inputs from uh, other implementations. Uh, but it'll, I'll be curious to, to to know if there is what kind of signals are we getting on this. I am excited about it. I think a lot of wallet developers are excited about it. But uh, how are the node implementers thinking about it? Yeah, yeah. So this this is a good question. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for other implementers uh, in general, so I'm not going to hold them to any kind of promises they might or or things they might have said in in private or whatever else. Um, there's so so. so Imagine you're an implementer, right? And you're like, you've got all these things you could do. I mean, I, you know, I just, despite the fact that it was like 6.30 in the morning um, when Chaz goes, did you have any other stuff that, you know, you're it's kind of not there in Lightning yet? And I just spilled off like six things that I would like to work on right now as well. Um, all of us are in the same boat. All of us have a lot of things to do. And so it's a question of priorities, right? It's like, what what rises to the top? Um, and what what's on fire right now? What do we need to do? Um, and so I feel the pain of the other implementers, frankly. And so whoever does it second has to kind of chase a moving spec and get feedback and do all that work and, and everything else. Um, whoever does it third, like after it's in the spec, gets a lot easier ride, right? Because they just have to implement it. They don't have to like get feedback on the spec and, and review it so much. They can just follow along. So there's also a temptation to lag, right? And I, I totally get this, right? You Sometimes you don't want to be the pioneer. Um, so <laughs> I, um, uh, you know, so so I definitely don't want to hold anyone's toes to the fire and go into this. Um, Lightning Labs made it very clear that they're not interested. Frankly, it's not on their priority list. Um, that kind of makes sense. I mean, if you look at their recent initiatives, they've been around these kind of like centralized services uh, that they're offering um, that potentially you know, can make them revenue. Uh, offers doesn't directly attach to a revenue stream, right? I mean, it might make things better grow the pie kind of arguments and stuff like that. But there's no, you know, it, it's hard to argue to VC funders that, that you need to do more of that, right? Um, so I kind of get where their priorities are coming from. Uh, and this is not it. Um, async, uh, I don't know. TBAST, particularly over async, is an absolute machine with implementing stuff. Um, uh, and it would not surprise me to see something come out from them. They definitely want to do... Um, uh, uh, they've, they've had a lot of good feedback on the uh, onion messages itself. Like that's an easy thing for people to add, even if they don't do full offer support, if they can route onion messages, that's great. Um, so, you know, I may, we may see uh, something come out of there soon uh, simply because it's fairly straightforward to do. Um, Matt Carello has been giving some really good feedback on the spec recently. Matt uh, is working on LDK for square crypto. Um, so, uh, there's some, let's just say there's some horse trading in the background. He wants some things, me to implement some things and push some things in the spec. Um, so, so there's often this horse trading, right? Cause you need two implementations. So you need to find someone else who wants to implement your beautiful thing, uh, in order to get it finalized in the spec. So, uh, there is some kind of horse trading going on with LDK at the moment as well. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, but it's, it's a big deal, right? There's a lot of stuff to do to get offers, right? Um, and this was somewhat deliberate, right? So we put in, we use strong signatures, right? So suddenly like, right, you can't just use the old ECDSA signatures that we use for everything else in Lightning. You've got to use the latest version of libsecp and if, oh, that may not have bindings for your language and all, you know, there, there are just things that we've put in that will make it great in the future that make it a little bit harder now. Um, so there is a certain amount of just infrastructure work you have to do before you can even decode a bolt 12 invoice, right? Or uh, technically not to decode it, but to check the signature, right? Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be a, a, a longer grind 
um, as far as getting all the implementers through. And to some extent, it's going to be led by the market, right? Uh, as more wallet support and more traction, there's more pressure on the node implementers. Go, we should implement this too, you know, uh, because our users are asking for it and there's infrastructure ready. So you kind of got the chicken and egg problem. Um, but, you know, ask me again in six, 12 months, and I think we'll have a very different answer. Yeah, I, I think uh, what I'm actually curious about, and I think you teased it out also, that there are two aspects of it. One is creating the complete offer implementation, and the second is support making the change enough so that at least the network propagation of offers is supported. If the latter is done, that are, that is also a big step in my mind, right? Let's say LND supports routing of offer messages. I would be, you know, very happy with even just that, <laughs> right? So that at least the privacy implications are addressed. Uh, so yeah, I think those are interesting things to see and watch. Well, well, yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, we could route it through payments today, right? So you could do a thing where you, oh, okay, we can't find it. Well, we're just going to ram it through fake payments. I, you know, we may get to that if the network's too laggy. Um, the the purpose of onion messages is to the same way op return, same thing that op return serves in the Bitcoin mainnet is like, you know. We don't really want to support this use case, but if you do it, let's do it in a way that's least harmful for the network. Um, and that's kind of the onion message thing. It's like, yeah, people are going to do it anyway, so let's support it in a way that's least harmful. So onion messages are way more efficient for nodes than ramming stuff through payments, but you could use payments if you had to, to route these messages. Uh, we've chosen not to at the moment because it's still really early. Uh, but if we get to the final, if it's finalized in the spec and we have our implementations and they're still laggers, we may have to, people are going to start doing it. People are going to start sending this data through payment, literal payments, um, which I, you know, look, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So yeah, I would love to see unmeshed support more broadly. All right, and then I had a question. So uh, Rusty, you've started a, a Telegram channel dedicated to Bolt 12, and you've had some some uh, reviews with uh, developers, I believe. Do you want to tell um, the audience a little bit a little bit more about that, and give maybe some calls to action if you wanted to th th throw those in there? Yeah. So um, at this point, if you're a wallet dev or you're just kind of uh, if you're particularly if you're at the dev level and you're curious about what's going on with Bolt 12, um, bolt12.org um, has a link to the Telegram group, which is like t.me slash bolt12.org. And um, we hang out there. Uh, it's a good place to ask questions and um, catch up with like what other projects are doing um, and some of the support libraries that are available and give feedback uh, and stuff like that. Uh, it's still very alpha for the uh, for for the npm and the um, the Python packages, uh, but we'll be going through revs of that. And I expect more people to like produce support stuff. And, and that's kind of the 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 hub that we're forming for a kind of uh, offer development. You know, it's a good place to ask questions, right? You know, I was reading through and I couldn't understand this, or where, how would I do this, and things like that. Um, it's great. I, I hang out there. It's great feedback for me uh, to kind of think about the spec from different perspectives. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in in developing uh, Bolt 12 stuff, offer stuff, um, that would definitely be the place to hang out at the moment. And then, you know, along the same lines, you know, what about people that aren't developers? So maybe someone like me, that's a you know, content creator, you know, what, what could we do besides getting you into a Twitter space and asking you a bunch of questions? <laughs> well, you know, um, at this point, uh, keep your eyes peeled because there are a few more things coming out that are, uh, are more user accessible for, um, 
for like, you know, you, you'll start, you start to see it appear in the wild, like polofeed.com has an offer now. So you can feed the chickens via an offer. Um, you know, you will see these things pop up. Um, and I expect to see more front ends supporting it. Uh, Suheb obviously uh, is looking at support um, for, for, for RTL. Um, you know, if you, uh, so Sea Lightning has native support at the moment, but you've got a kind of, you know, it's command line level. Uh, uh, Nadav has just dropped in the Bolt 12 this morning and I haven't actually, you know, I woke up and saw it and didn't actually, haven't actually installed it yet. Uh, latest like alpha version of Spark that supports offers um, and Spark of course is a front end to see Lightning. Um, so for him, it's pretty easy. Like he just plums into existing APIs. Um, it doesn't support recurrence yet, but that's coming. Uh, so there are going to be, you know, increasingly as, as developers work their way up the stack, there'll be more stuff appears that you can go, cool, I can, I can play with that. I can test it. I can see what it's like. Um, but also, you know, go to bell12.org. It kind of has a nice top level summary. Um, and that may get your creative juices flowing as far as how would I use this? Um, and and you know, the next step, okay, so if I do use it, what will it look like? Um, and and what, what do I need from developers, right? Um, that's your opportunity to push developers and go, hey, make sure you implement this or, you know, um, uh, asking them how they, would, how they would do this stuff is kind of important as well. But of course, I need to do the caveat here, right? That this is still a little bit reckless, right? The, um, the spec is not finalized until it's finalized. So, uh, you know, don't get your... As as the, as Bolt12.org says, you know, do not get your QR code tattooed just yet because the spec may change and then no one will be able to use it to pay you. Well, I think with this group, I think we were the, the folks that were reckless at the very beginning, uh, starting before they had uh, uh, static backups. So, you know, I'm not sure we're going to listen to you on that. I hope hopefully someone's going to have an offer tattoo shortly. All right. Uh, Vivek, you had a you wanted to jump on here. Did you have anything for us? Yeah, uh, I had a general sea lightning question for Rusty. Uh, you know, uh, I get these questions a lot, I guess, lately. Uh, I was wondering maybe what were the design questions for uh, how we do it with uh, one channel per node? And I guess other implementations have multiple channels. Uh, I guess I've been hearing things about like they like this whole shadow chain perspective with uh, having private channels with uh, the same node to balance and things like that. So just wanted to hear your general thoughts about that. Oh, this is a good question. That's a classic thing, right? So early on in C Lightning, we decided, oh, look, we're not going to support multiple channels to the same node because it's more efficient on chain if you use splicing to like, you know, to change your capacity and stuff like that. Um, plus, it's better for the network if rather than establishing two channels with the same node, if you can establish a channel, establish it with someone else, right? It gives more redundancy in the network. It's all good, right? Um, and that was a great thought. Four years ago, when splicing was just around the corner, well, four years later, it's still just around the corner, right? Um, so uh, probably, <clears throat> probably one of my worst design decisions. Um, uh, it's one of the reasons that Sea Lightning is is pretty eager to do splicing, <laughs> is because like you know that would avoid me having to implement. Um, I actually put a Twitter poll. I said, should I just should I bite the bullet and, and redo the infrastructure so that I can do multiple um, channels the same one, or should I push on uh, push on splicing and go, you know get off my ass and do the, put the engineering work in to finalize splicing so we could add and subtract from channel. And everyone went, just do splicing, Rusty. Now, that may be because they're not C-Lightning users and they don't care. They just want me to like push the spec for, <laughs> for, for uh, splicing. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, to some extent, it's like it's good for the network if you if you encourage people to have diversity in their channels and, and push them out. Um, and secondly, it's good for me because it makes me more likely to implement splicing as soon as I can so that we can kind of work around this limitation. Um, but yeah, I mean, ideally, you would uh, there, there are actually some uses to have uh, to have multiple channels in the same place. But I would argue that you're better off having redundant redundancy across things. But you definitely want to be able to enlarge your channels. Uh, and without splicing, that is painful at the moment in Seed Lightning. And I appreciate that. And I apologize. Um, but yes, uh, I, I see this glorious day when we will have splicing in and out of channels. And it just, you know, that that is really what we where we want to be, right? Um, and so, so for those, like it sounds, as you'd expect, splicing is basically just uh, an on-chain uh, movement in or out of a channel. So you can basically go, cool, I need to take some sats out of this channel to pay something on-chain or move it off to cold storage. I will go do that. And when you start that negotiation with your peer, right, they can pile on and go, cool, well, while you're here, I'm going to also put this in and I'm going to do this, right? So you know, with one transaction, that could do multiple things. It could splice out of a channel, open a new channel, open multiple channels, do all this at once, right? So... Um, I think increasingly we're going to be taking these opportunities whenever one side wants to do something on chain, the other side will have stuff batched up like, you know, in the future where it's cool. Well, okay. Well, if you're making a transaction, let's do all these things at once. Right. Um, and just, you know, uh, you can use loop out and things, but I think it is better to do a direct, be able to do a direct splice uh, into your cold storage, for example. So, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's the reasoning behind it, but yeah, it didn't quite work out. The timeline didn't quite work out. There's always something, something even more important and even cooler to do than splicing, but I promise you it, I'm not going to say two weeks, but you know, it is, uh, it is coming. Uh, <clears throat> it's funny that Lisa said to me, so Rusty, do you want me to do splicing? Cause it always seems to be on the, not quite the top of your to-do list. Um, and I'm really tempted to take her up on that. Well, she just finished liquidity ad, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I know it's tempting to go, yeah, you should totally do it. But she's got a pile of other projects as well. So whatever it's worth, Rusty, I voted for multiple channel supports on that poll. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. It was you. So we have a Wall Street. I can't see your last part of your name. Do you have a question? Did we have anything more than that? Or <laughs> He's just pumped. We're pumping. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the weekend pump. All right, then. Okay. Um, so I don't have too much else on uh, my side. Uh, do you guys have anything else on your side? Or I might be looking into wrapping this guy up here. Yeah, nothing else for me. It's uh, been a good discussion. Thanks. Yeah. No, I think it's been great. I look All right. So I think... Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, like, it's been great feedback, and I, I love the, um, the excitement that everyone's got around this um, that obviously I share. So, uh, yeah, uh, if, if, if afterwards you come up with things that you want to ask or whatever, just ping me on Telegram. Really fast, could I get Anthony Ronning up here? Because I kind of want to ask him about the impervious thing, and I think with having everyone else up here, it might be kind of fun. Would you be up for that, Anthony? Perfavor. <laughs> 
Thanks, man. Um, so do you want to explain, because like I think we did at the very beginning, uh, explained what went on, but do you want to explain, you know, a little bit from, from your side what that impervious.ai thing was? Yeah, uh, specifically about um, transferring the data or... Yeah, exactly. The, the audio file. Yeah, yeah the kind of relevance um, to the, the 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 topic here, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I I, I uh, heard in when when Rusty and uh, Stefan was talking about, it, I hundred percent agree. We're not going to see movies, or or maybe even we probably won't even see like full entire podcasts uh, going through a lot a lot of this. Like what it's basically doing is just splitting up the payments, and uh, as if it were a single payment. A lot of implementations have like MPP today. This one's with LND's AMP to split up payments. So there are still limits, and I believe there's still like MPP timeout concerns. So like, I, I don't even think I, don't, I haven't tested the limits, but I don't even know if like thousands of split payments are going to be possible or not. But it, it really just wanted to show off the fact that you can, you know, as we start seeing more data with data intensive use cases of lightning, um, you know, maybe we're not always doing 150 uh, kilobits or anything like that. But even just, you know, one, two, three to 10 to 15, um, you know, for as data applications may want to use that, then it is still possible we can take advantage of the fact that you know we could probably consistently start doing like 10 to 20 split payments without an issue as well so um but but yeah it's, it's really just all about like taking data and like sticking it into uh, tlv records and and blasting that through the network um it's cool because like i i believe that data gets padded anyways right so it's not even really adding data to the actual you know what the payments that are flowing through the network um because if if it's not full then i think that gets padded anyway so it's not even that much of a burden at all besides like spinning up payments but but yeah those are just my general general thoughts on it just the, just the idea of being able to extend um, the amount of data you can send currently, um, especially even for like just messaging use cases, you know, being able to send paragraphs of text to another person. Yeah, it was an awesome hack. It was really impressive. I loved it. Um, and you're right. Yeah, Thank you, you. always spend 36 bytes. Uh, we always pad it the same length just for like privacy reasons. So you can't tell how much is actually in it. So, um, you know, most of it most with junk in most cases, right? So you can always just shove more data in there. Yep, and, and yeah, and, and I definitely want to. Um, you know, we're building things in a way where we could support C Lightning as well, and I definitely want to see what we can do uh, with offers as well. So I'm excited about that, and kind of playing with both technologies is really helping me learn. Nice. So what would you say you imagine, you know, you, you did this little thing with the Bitcoin uh, audio file or whatever, but it's like, do you see, like, what, how do you see this being practical, maybe for a content creator? You kind of mentioned like text, but do you see it going beyond that? I'm not so sure yet. Um, you know, with content creation, you know, maybe we can get to the point where we're sending like images uh, through it as well. Um, those are like uh, megabytes instead of just kilobytes. So like maybe we can get to that limit. I know like it also 
um, yeah, I, I haven't really fully tested the limits of like what's possible. I am testing on testnet and, you know, routing through a couple hops, but I haven't done anything like too crazy yet. So I don't know yet if we'll get to the point where we're like even able to send like images through this way um, reliably. Uh, that And that's the key reliably. You know, if someone spins up like, you know, hundreds of channels, that way they can like have a bunch of in-flight payments just to be able to like send images. I, I think that's kind of a stretch. I think reliably you know it's probably just going to end up being like for text or like you know um small little files i I think like a cool little like walkie talkie use case where like you don't really care if it takes 30 seconds or a minute to get to the sender you could just like have a 10 second little audio file and you can go back and forth but yeah I i don't know if if we'll get to that point where content creation can actually go through the lightning network but you know we'll we'll see i'm definitely going to test out the limits and see what's like theoretically possible and what's like practically possible yeah you have 60 seconds on the default timeout right so that's the spec um sort of suggest a 60 second timeout so if they got to get all the pieces in 60 seconds otherwise they they send back a message going no it, it didn't work um that's a reasonable amount of time though uh, and with speaks or something that's like really dense coding for like you know for 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 voice like speaks is designed for for voice audio rather than like music or something else um you know you could probably cram quite a lot in there but the, the limitation is though, speaks sorry guys the, the limitation though is like the parts have to be determined ahead of time for the payment though like would there be some sort of way to perhaps like you know do like a streaming like yeah. beyond the streaming of, of the sats over lightning, like could you do streaming content like like this over lightning network theoretically, or well, where's the real bottleneck if we were to try to do that? At, at that point, I would be pushing you towards onion messages when they're supported because one, they're a lot lighter on the network than, than routing through payments. Um, secondly, you could send the onion message. When you get the act for that, you send the payment, which contains the key that decrypts the stuff in the onion message, right? So um, they still have to pay for the content. Um, but they get it. They just can't do anything with it until they make the until they do the payment bit. Um, would would certainly be possible, right? So you'd still do a key send. You just send the data on the side. Um, but then we're kind of headed towards this hybrid model where you go, well, if you're doing really bulk data, you should do that over BitTorrent, and then we just send you the seeding information uh, when you make the payment. So. At, at what point you go, well, this is getting silly. We're cramming too much data in yeah, and yeah. we're sending these like micro streaming payments. Um, uh, I, I don't know. But, you know, uh, the fact that, that it was it was like 150 kilobytes over 200 payments, I believe, Anthony. So, you know, yeah. that's actually not too bad bandwidth, right? It works surprisingly well. It was the impressive thing. Yeah, and I, I think it was like under a minute. I, I forgot the exact timing on that, but it was under a minute. I think that it actually went through. Um, and then, yeah, at Impervious as well, we also have like APIs to like do socket to socket connection requests over Lightning. So you basically communicate through Lightning to another node. And then from there, you get like socket information back and you can connect via a, a, just an IP socket and then have like, and that's where you stream your data through. So we're trying to like also like bridge the gap between like, you know, have a good balance between like what data you want to send through Lightning, what data do you just want to like, you just want to connect with that other node and then start sending the data, like the actual data through sockets um, or things like that so like we're trying to explore like kind of balances or at least like give the tool set to developers so like they can do that on their own would it make sense to go back to the 1990s and grab all their 
compression schemes and start using it now like you know start using real player i'm not sure if anyone remembers real player from the 1990s but that was oh god ter- <laughs> terrible <laughs> well i i bet we're going to be developing the real player a few of those uh, as we're experimenting and, and seeing what works and what doesn't. So I'm sure there will be many real players of this generation, Chaz. So uh, I think you're in for a similar. Um, Anthony, are there any other protocols you guys are thinking about for out-of-band communication or uh, has it been focused on sockets? Yeah, we're always we're always thinking in this terms. Um, I know like WebRTC is one that that we're looking at. Um, and and I'm not even like that much of like a network engineer. We have some really good engineers that are like in that space. So like, um, that I'm not the best person to ask about that. I'm just trying to build out all, all the stuff that they're doing. But um, I know like we're also doing like VPN connections too. So you're just like into you can like do VPN handoffs and like become it like get into their network itself. And then that opens up a whole lot of use cases. So, um, and then there's even like just VoIP itself that we're looking at. So like, there's a lot of cool things. I think like the main thing is like just standardizing the handshaking that goes on between lightning um, and like what information you need and like paying for it. Right. Like you can pay for a socket for like, you know, 30, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And then if you stop paying that socket gets cut off Um, things like that. So like, we're always like looking at more use cases and then develop developers can also build that as well on top of us. We really just want to try to like abstract all like the data and service level stuff. So that way developers just build their own applications. Yeah, I'm really excited what you guys are building. Um, yeah, I'm particularly particularly intrigued by the concept of uh, you know buying sockets from multiple parties and sort of stringing them together, if possible, in like a tour-like uh, arrangement. Uh, so you're paying for the bandwidth, but you have some uh, privacy assurances that tour would give you, but it's fast. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what people cook up with uh, the, your platform. Uh, I, was, I was stoked to see Pseudo Zach put together that red phone implementation uh, over the lightning nodes. I think it would be really funny if you could, uh, you know, potentially call up <laughs> one of your counterparties and uh, complain to them about your channels, your routing or something. But uh, <laughs> then again, you'd need that connectivity. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be countless use cases uh you know that that could be built upon this thing that we had we haven't even thought of yet. So uh, it's uh, there's a lot to be excited about. All right, I think I have the final question of the episode here um, for everybody. How, where where do you see this technology going? Are is our uh, is our our full stack of uh, content creation only going to get sweeter and better? What do you guys think? Come on, somebody make a prediction. I, I, I think we're we're seeing the pieces come together for like a golden age of, of distributed, um, decentralized content creation here. I think this eliminating of middlemen has been something that we've talked about for a long time. Um, and I, you know, I can really see it happening now, right? I think we do have the pieces and the people are pushing in that direction. And I'm really excited to see it. 
All right. Well, if if no one has anything else, we're going to go ahead and close out this Twitter space. I want to go ahead and thank Stefan, Rusty, Evan, Jestifer, Sahib, Anthony, Vivek, and everyone else that uh, asked any questions. Um, I want to thank every all the uh, audience members, everyone on the live stream, and everything else. But for now, I'll see you on the Lightning Network. Thanks, everyone. Hey, guys. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Thank you. you. Boom. That was a Twitter space thing. So I can't say the number of the episode here. It doesn't really it doesn't really work. But I really hope you learned something from this episode. I think there was a lot of information in there. High information density. So I hope you took something away. I hope you had some you know, call to action here to learn more about how you can get involved with Bolt 12 slash offers. Just a reminder that this podcast does rely on our listeners in order to support ourselves. We don't like having advertisements. We don't like having bullshit on our podcast. So please consider listening to us on Breeze Wallet or any of the other value for value apps you can find at newpodcastapps.com. As well, you can go to lightningjunkies.net forward slash support where you can support us directly with Bitcoin or Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. Help us stay ad free today. All right, folks, I think that that's all for right now. Suspense. I'll see you on the Lightning Network.